doesn't say Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that has been slammed back down to earth. Yes, after much excitement in the narrow loss to the Seahawks last week, the Bengals laid a massive poo at Paul Brown Stadium yesterday in a 41-17 defeat. And yes, I am calling it the poo at Paul Brown. Um, and obviously, expectations were completely uh, well and truly shattered yesterday. Um, and we're going to be talking about that. So stick around. It's not all going to be doom and gloom, I think. But, you know, fair warning, there might be some uh, fairly angry fans, not not least me and my co-presenter, because joining me to discuss the debacle is the at least the Steelers are to my Owen 2, the ha-ha to my unlucky Juju son, uh, the your towels aren't so to my terrible now, and the Big Ben to my out for the year. It's Nathan Palmer, everybody. Good evening, Paul. Um, I think all of us, you know, listening to the podcast and being here for the podcast this evening are looking for a little bit of therapy. Oh, you mean you? Yeah, well, all the listeners as yeah. well are tuning in with a heavy heart, a slight bit of rage. You know, whenever my teams, you know, my, my uh, football team this week lost as well. So, you know, when you have that real anger and you just want the next week to come around quite quickly. So, you know, I, I completely understand the fans' rage. I want to let off some steam this evening. Uh-oh, I think you're, you're sat there in a black T-shirt looking like you want to kick off a bit as well. So let's get into the meat. <laughs> into the meat? Let's just go straight for the throat. <laughs> oh, lordy, look. How does anger manifest itself with Nathan Palmer, would you say? It's so, so frustrating, though, isn't it? You yeah. know what I mean? Like You see the Seahawks last week and everyone's on this podcast saying, Coy, you know... We're going to give everyone a run, and then you just get slapped in the teeth like that. Oh, a teeth slap. <laughs> a teeth oh, that hurts. <laughs> That's got to hurt, that has, not it? A teeth slap. Um, yes, I mean, it's... it's, an, it's Straight on the canine. It's, yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, not, um, it's not good, is it, really? Because the Bengals spent it an absolute... score flat as the Bengals. Well, I mean, you said they're 41-17, you're almost like, yeah, but it was it was worse than that, really. Wasn't completely it? outplayed. Yeah. Completely outcoached. Yeah. At home, at home against a team that actually really, and to be fair to the 49ers, they are two and zero, but they're not the most, on, certainly not on paper. It's not like we got smashed down by the Rams or someone like that. Oh God, we're playing the Rams later, no, aren't we? Yeah, in Wembley as well. <gasps> uh oh. If you were playing someone like the Rams <laughs> or you know even the Saints with Drew Brees in there or someone that's a really good, talented team, you may be saying, "Well, all right, fair enough, it's early days." But the 49ers, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has barely ever been a starter in his career, as he like properly and. He was out for last season with an ACL tear. Tevin Coleman, their sort of out. future back, was out. Matt Breed has um, always been talented, but Matt again, Breed he's been good, injured. But like he, he looked like um, you know an all pro out there. Well, basically, the we made the 2019 49ers look like the 1989 49ers yesterday. Yeah, quite literally, yeah. And uh, I think everybody on our Bengals UK predictions panel, our weekly Bengals UK predictions panel, um, predicted that we would. We would win. You had him in the survivor pick, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. I did. That went well, didn't it? Um, <laughs> but no, I was fairly convinced that if we played like we did last week, then we would beat them because I didn't think the 49s were all that. But goodness me, they turned up and just executed the perfect game plan. They absolutely... That's where coaching really... Oh, Shanahan played a blinder yesterday, yeah. I think. He called a great game and we just had no... I think that's the big worry. It was... <sighs> We just had no response to it, really. I mean, you, I mean, it was going bad right from our first drive, right? 
I mean, you start off and you get that penalty on the return. Penalty. But that's that's clever game planning, even something as minute as that from the 49ers. And I like it when teams do this. They deliberately kick that first ball short. Yeah. You kick it into the end zone and you guarantee the ball at the 25. There's no risk there. They kicked it just to the sort of five-yard line, forced a return. I think he only, I think Phillips got, only got it back to about the 20. Then you got that penalty. So all of a sudden, the Bengals are backed up already inside their own 10-yard line. It's and a then a fumble. Then the fumble, the ball on the floor, yeah. You know, that, that was just like the sack, wasn't it, first play? Yeah, that was just the sack, worst. fumble, and then nothing more. And then you punt yeah. in and they get the ball at midfield. And they were just slicing through us. I mean, some of the chunk plays. And we will talk. We do have a special guest, by the way. We've got uh, our old chum, Jay Morrison, from The Athletic. And he talks about this a bit later. But the sheer amount of chunk plays, the 30-yard plays at the, you know, around that sort of range mm. that the 49ers made it was just insane yeah I mean it looked like last year I think a lot of the, a lot of people were really concerned about us stopping the run and you know running backs with the other team just picking up four and five when it should be one or two or you know getting a first down eight and nine when you really should only be living up a couple and I think that reared its ugly head yesterday against a running back in Matt Breda who's you know with all respect to him a good running back but certainly not one of the, the league's elite running backs oh he didn't need to be no and I think when you looked at the backups as well that guy from Purdue I can't remember his name um, or, uh, no I mean all of them to be yeah. fair there's two others I can't remember <laughs> the names off the top of my head but they all looked fantastic as well and I think you know that's a huge worry Mostert Jeff Mostert, Wilson yeah, two TDs it. for Jeff Wilson yeah, uh, where do you start? I mean, as I say, the Bengals ploughed a load of money into kind of getting their social media right, their building excitement in, in a modern, cool way, lots of little short-form video to get us all excited, lots of uh, billboard ads apparently around the city, which oh, is really? unheard of. Um, and then they just, get, I mean, there's no other way to... They got absolutely nailed yesterday. Yeah. Completely no, nailed. Agree. And, I mean, it was a chastening experience for us as well. So, you know, four and a half thousand miles away because we were sitting there thinking, great, this is, you know, we've had Zach on the show. Yeah. Everyone seems to have bought into yeah. to his philosophy, his culture, his energy, what, yeah. all those buzzwords his that he witchcraft. used. His <laughs> His sorcery <laughs> and alchemy. Um, his offensive alchemy. Yeah. Um, and they played really well against it, and they should yeah. have won that game. Looked exciting as well. Looked like there was a new energy there and some different yeah. play calls. And I think more than anything, and this was such an interesting, and I will come on to this, I've got a bit to say about it. Mm-mm. We've also, last year, you know, the Bengals were historically bad on defence. Historically. Yeah, Not yeah, even yeah. just bad for, you know, they weren't one of the best in the league. It was historically bad. And I think all of us were a little bit perplexed as to why. I think a lot of people tried to sort of label the blame on Terrell Austin. Oh, and it was then, 100%. Well, and then, but Marvin then took over and it gradually, it slightly improved. It but we still better. were pretty bad. And obviously, you I know... I think there was a big improvement well, when Marvin took over. Well, it still finished historically yeah, bad. And then yeah. obviously we got Lou Anarumo in. And last week, we had a really good game. Yeah. On the road, difficult team. You know, Russell Wilson's a fantastic player. Seahawks are a good team. We played really well. We got the pressure on the quarterback. We stopped the run-ish. You know, we held them to a reasonable amount of points. Looked good. Took opportunities. False turnovers. Great. And I think everyone was then like, yeah, because we, in, in theory, quote, quote, we've got talent on that defense. We've been through it on this show multiple times. You know, you've got your players that everyone shouts about. Gino, Carlos, Jesse Bates, William Jackson's apparently a pro bowl quarterback. All of this stuff we talk about. And you think, how can that defence be that bad? And I thought we had it against Seattle. I was like, right, they're playing yeah. well. They're playing to their ability now. Where They're showing their potential. And then last night, 
Well, I don't know. Because that, that to me, is that defensive old. And it, that, there's, there's someone on that defence. They can't just keep coming out saying, oh, I think we look a bit more together this year. Oh, there's still potential. We're going to get it right next week. Someone, there's got to be a harsh finger pointed. And you've had Austin, you've had Marvin, and you've had now Lou Anarumu. And it's all well and good getting beat. But when you get... I mean, San Francisco put up more yards last night on the road than they've done since 2013. You know, well, they'd racked up 500 yards for that. before the third quarter yeah. has ended, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, I d- do agree, but I think you've got to give a lot of credit to, the, to Shanahan. You and do, the I absolutely agree with that. For scheming. Basically, they hit our weak points, which was the linebackers still. Yeah. Well, what was more worrying to me was, like you say, in a number of games last year, certainly the early part of last year, um, a lot of the fundamentals weren't there. So yeah, yeah. tackling. Setting the edge, shooting the gaps, they just weren't there, and I don't like you. I don't know. I don't know why that is because they're you know they've play, been playing this game since high school. Yeah, they should know the basics and the fundament, fundamentals. Now, is it a case of scheme? Because I think it was last year with Terrell Austin. Because I think there was uh, a marked improvement when Marvin took over. But again, there's that old phrase you. And this is going to seem really, really harsh, but you can't polish a turd. And is there a question here about talent levels on the defense? Well, this is what I was going to say. Is there a Me? like? Well, <laughs> because as fans, you're naturally deluded. Yeah, you're you're in the bubble. You want to, yeah, and you, you know we have got good players. players We've got Gino you know, had a decent game yesterday. Weirdly. Yeah. In amongst all the carnage, he he looked pretty good, but he can't do it all on his own, especially yeah. when he's getting doubled all the time. But but that's the thing. It's like you know, and I'm not. This is just me talking about what other people have said. Oh, Ryan Glasgow is a very good player. He's going to be great, mm. and all you know, um, Andrew Brown's going to be great as a fifth round pick. At a certain point, we need to sort of almost refresh ourselves and look at this from the outside looking in and pretend we're a. Um, I don't know, a Seahawks fan, and look at the Bengals and be like, actually, you know, are we seriously inflating the some of the talent on yeah. this team? Because, you know, there's a lot of players there that I think we've all thought, like, a good example to me is William Jackson. You know, he's in his fourth year in the NFL now, and everyone, you know, he's a first-round pick, he missed his first season, his second season he didn't look too bad. And his third season, everyone was like last year thinking, he's going to the Pro Bowl, he's going no, to be No, it was the second season quarterback. that he looked incredible. And but, then last season, he looked. He not took a step back, but he looked. Didn't he looked a bit more fallible than he yeah. did then? And then you know, it's like now it's all of a sudden you're a bit like, mm, you know. But again, teams teams see people's weaknesses. Yeah, and they and they exploit them, and that's exactly what they. You know, I mean, you say setting the edges, and Jay's gonna. I spoke to Jay before we recorded this podcast, so I'm gonna steal his line. But you look at Dre and uh, William Jackson, and they're decent cover corners with William Jackson potentially mm. a very good one but they're not great at defending the run yeah. whereas Denard was excellent at defending the run and a so-so cover corner we missed Darquez Denard I think in those because he was really good at, at sort of corner blitzes and in that slot position he was really good at tackling running backs Yeah, uh, but as I say they, they just ran off the right hand side Turn the corner so many times, yeah. But and that is just game planning. They've obviously seen a weakness, and I also think this: um, the Forty ers offensive line is way better than the Seahawks' offensive line. Yeah, yeah. You know, so sometimes you have to give the team that you play a lot of credit. But again, I will say this: that their fundamentals look all over the place yesterday. So 
And I don't know, I mean, Zach Taylor, you listened to Zach Taylor's press conference. He was very honest. He said, we have to own this defeat and all that kind of stuff. We This is not who we are, blah, blah, blah. You know, they didn't play, they got outplayed in all three phases. Um, they just got to try and eliminate these ridiculous mistakes and also brush up on the fundamentals, I think. It was tough yesterday because obviously, you know, when a game starts out badly like that and you, you literally go backwards and you're punting nearly out of your own end zone to start the game off and you think, God, this is not good. And then the 49ers scored immediately. Yeah, yeah. And, you, that you know, I think, what's his name? Marquise Goodwin, all alone. I think we, one of us could have run it into the end zone from mm. there and you think, oh, God, like this is, you know, this is not good. This is the last thing we want. And then the Bengals responded. Yeah, and you thought And they drove on. down the field. Ifert gets his touchdown and you think, that's a massive response. That is. Yeah. Tyler Boyd was involved. And it's like right we're back in this now you know this is like take the fight to them and then it, basically that was it yeah I think yeah. we had another chance Bullock missed that field goal to sort of keep it somewhat competitive and from then on it just flowed well flowed again away. you know you could have a word about Randy Bullock couldn't you and I'm sure you will at some stage but um, <laughs> but if he'd have nailed that field goal you know it would have given us a little bit of momentum going into half time yeah but it was just a shocking performance on the defence, I think. And, you know, it made Garoppolo look like Montana. Yeah, it did. Marquise yeah. Goodwin looked like, and Debu Samuel uh, yeah. looked like Mont- um, Jerry Rice and John Taylor. Yeah, that- George Kittle's a hell of a player, though. Yeah, I'll he give him is. that. He is, you absolutely. Know. But, I mean, that's the thing on their wide receiving side. Like, Marquise Goodwin, you know, he's not, he's not, he's definitely one of the worst top receivers in the game. Like, the team's number one wide receiver. Debu yeah, Samuel, he's, good, he's not bad, but, like, Debu Samuel's a rookie. You know, these are not sort Very of... Very quick he is. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's not... I think that's more the worrying thing is you've been shown up by that. And that's... that's no, It's no disrespect to the 49ers. Like you said, they played a fantastic game. Mm. But on paper, they're not one of the more difficult teams. I mean, you like you said, on those predictions, thing, every fan saying, you know, we've got them today. We yeah. were the favourites with the bookies at yeah, home. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, that is a game that you... You know, if we'd lost yesterday, fine. But in that manner is the, the very seriously concerning thing. Yes, uh, absolutely. And the interesting thing about the 49ers is they did to us what we were expected to do to them. Yeah. I.e. lots of misdirection, lots of play action. And they just did... I mean, we didn't have an answer for it. No, I mean, Kyle Shanahan was always revered as a very, very good play caller. And I think last year, obviously, his hands were tied massively with Garoppolo being out for the season. And whenever your franchise quarterback goes down for the year, it's extremely difficult to, as we knew last year when Dalton went down, it's very difficult to salvage anything. But, you know, Garoppolo healthy. Now, maybe they will be a big team, the 49ers, this year. You know, they're already off to a 2-0 start. You you know, they get Coleman back. They, maybe they end up winning 11 or 12 games and it doesn't look as bad. Well, if they play like that and against teams who play, who play like that, then they've got a chance of yeah, being sort of yeah, yeah. 12 and 4, 11 and 5, you know, but they're in a division with the Rams. It's very difficult. Yeah, um, true, true. Yeah, it's a head-scratcher. Um, as I say, they, they kind of did to us what we were expected to do to them uh, with lots of play action. And we tried, but there was a problem on the offensive side of the ball. And that was we couldn't run the ball. Yeah, and they, I think, we, and we couldn't run it last week. Yeah, and we couldn't run it in the preseason. In the preseason, mm, yeah. and we kind of said, well, it's the preseason, so they've obviously, you know, got to get it together. But um, yeah, it's a bit worrying actually, because again, for a team who wants to employ the play action so regularly uh, and so effectively, if you haven't got a running game, you can't do a play action. No, not at all. So that's. Trouble. That's kind of pretty much three quarters of your game plan out, the offensive game plan out, out the window. So, 
and I think you know, again, we a lot of people have said it, and a lot of people will carry on saying it, and we'll get to our fun comments section later on from our lovely listeners. Um, you know that offensive line. I mean, again, they didn't look too bad in pass protection last week, and they didn't look too bad in pass protection. Actually, pretty good in preseason. But I mean, yesterday the Fortnite's were all over them. Yeah, all over them. Really. Yeah. I mean, they've got good players. Yeah. You know that Armstead guy is really good. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Nick Solomon Bo- Nick Bosa and Solomon Bosa was sort of limited yeah. yesterday, wasn't he? Uh, Ronald Blair had a great game yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, you forget about uh, DeForest Buckner in the linebacking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Court, who's really Kwan good. Juan Alexander as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was another player for us in free agency that a lot of people were talking about. I think, you know, for, temp- for Tampa, you know, he came out of there and a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to want too much money and we weren't really ever in the conversation. But I mean, no. what, what an addition, you know. Played yeah, game, absolutely. Like. And uh, you got Solomon Th- Thomas on the edge who lots of people wanted for us yeah, 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 yeah. in last year's draft. Uh, was it the year before? I can't remember. But he was highly touted and That's he would have fit. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they've invested. Again, it's this investment in talent and... You know, it's difficult because when you come off a loss like this, you want to blame something or someone or whatever it might be, you know. Mm. And it's easy to say the Bengals haven't stocked up on talent, but of course they have, right? Um, But still, still, you know, the organisation and the whole team deserves to be looked at and criticised, I think, for yesterday's performance, you know. What shocked me yesterday also was the lack of fans in the stadium. Giles, just about to say that. I think that's one of the most... Literally, you you, you just stole ahead of me there because I think it's interesting you saying about the billboards and you know, you've know got a new young head coach and for all of what it's worth, you've had this narrative with the fans, get rid of Marvin, get rid of Marvin, it's all Marvin. And like you bring in a young guy like Zach Taylor who talks a really good game and he's young and he's come from the Sean McVay Rams and it's sexy and it's great... And there was only 50,000 there yesterday, I read, and it looked less than that. And I reckon there was, got... was 10,000 uh, 49 Yeah, fans. probably, yeah. Or maybe 5,000. But you've got amazing fans out there, like Jeremy and Jess Conley, and I saw Leanne was out there, met up with them, and you've got all yeah. you know, uh, the tailgate out there, which is fantastic. But, you know, that's such a shame, because if you get 50,000 there yesterday and the Bengals play a really good game and win, next week you get 60. Do you know what I mean? The next home yeah, game, yeah, you've got two away works, games. People, yeah, people yeah. are like, wow, I had a great day out there. It's really fun. You go and spend a good amount of money to turn up. You pay for parking. You pay for your beers. You pay for whatever, your food and stuff, the ticket. And you get hammered and that game is nearly over by sort of just after half time. You know, you're questioning whether or not you're going to go and see him in the future. So, mm. and the Bengals need the home thing. They don't need the booing. They need people behind them. They need people to get behind the team. And Joe Mixon came out after the game and he said, look, you know, if any fans think they can do a better job, come and try out. And he was very respectful in the way that he said it. He was sort of, you know, talking around. Well, I sort think of he was, you know, we've always said that he's an emotional guy. We know that, yeah. right? And I think, you know, people got a bit pissed off with that when really they should I don't you know, think I don't think it was, think it was meant anything no 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 but but I think also there is an element of frustration there you come into a market the games are not selling out and you've got fans 
absolutely hailing you with boos when you yeah. go down by sort of 10, 15 points. And it's not only the teams like the Bengals that it happens to. I think Seattle were getting a few boos last week, which I couldn't oh, yeah. understand every, at all. Every NFL team but does it. But you I know. think the fact that, you know, the Bengals desperately need that injection and that energy because I tell you what, if you've got it and the fans are going mad and it's a packed out stadium and, you know, that, that takes teams to a different level. You've got a sort of a half-empty game and you've got more 49ers fans that are out cheering you. Yeah, yeah. Players feel that. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, and um, but I will, I will. I mean, we're talking about the offense and the running game. Um, It's it's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, it's weird that the way they just can't open any holes whatsoever. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan went down yesterday, didn't he, and came out, and Billy Price came in, and what penalty straight away didn't look fantastic to say the least. So. Yeah, I mean, Andre Smith had a real struggle yesterday. And I mean, he was okay against Seattle, and then he went out as well. So, I mean, we just need Cordy Glenn back desperately. And we need him to play well. I mean, you know, I think it's... We've always said, I think we've ever shied away from, even after a reasonably decent performance last week, that it's ever going to be a long season with this offensive line, you know? There's no players out there. I think offensive line might be the most scarce position in the NFL. Well, it was trouble when Andre went down. You're kind of thinking, who's going to step in? No, I know, literally. I mean, there's not a lot of talent out there now and old man Jerry uh, John Jerry yeah. stepped in from retirement that's what I mean he's not even a tackle is he he's I, mean, I was looking at the guard. best free agent offensive tackles uh, on the list on an ESPN article and your name was on there or somewhere <laughs> 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 do you know what I mean that's the sort of level of talent that's knocking about at the minute that's pretty high actually higher than I thought to be honest with you um, it is a worry because as I say if they can't Sustain. It's a bad line. It? <laughs> it's it really bad. bad. If they can't sustain a running game, then they can't do their play action, no. and then they're it, kind of Nixon's going to get pissed off as well. Well, that's it. As I say again, we'll repeat. He's an emotional he's, he's guy. He's into a wall to geezer. And if he's not kind of feeding, he's no. not. He's not happy, is he? He's not. He's all about the glory. Well, he's. I mean, I think I, him and Bernard. I think have about forty-five, or maybe even less than that, like forty yards rushing between. I think or it's like twenty-seven I th- or something each. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And uh, averaging one and a half yards a carry. Brilliant. You know. <laughs> I mean, it is, and, and you got to laugh, is, you, but really? this is by all accounts, and this is what I mean. You're talking about Joe Mixon last year. I'm not, I'm not in any way talking about Mixon because we know what the problem mm. is. But this is Joe Mixon, who you know everyone's saying was a top five running back, top ten running back last year. You know, well, he is to be fair. Well, he, but he might be, but you know, he's certainly not going to look like it behind a line like that. Well, no, and that's the that's, problem, and that also proves it's not just the running back that makes the plays. Well, no, You've got to have a decent offensive line. But what would happen if we had a, a bad running back behind that line is the argument. I mean, that, I think Mixon... I don't not, think there is a bad running back there anymore. Well, I know what you mean, but I, th- I still think that however bad the line is, that's got to... It doesn't matter. Mixon's got to play better. The line's got to play better. I mean, you you know, they've both, they've both got to get that going. Because like you said, if they don't, teams are just going to stack the box and we're going to be in for a really rough run. Well, they're just going to dare us to run, knowing that we can't. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. They they've you know there's only so many things you can do to kind of disguise the the awfulness of your offensive line, and um, they might have just exhausted those things by the end of game two. So people will know what to do to target us and hit us hard, and that's the worry. Yeah, you know, people will have seen our weaknesses straight away and just kind of go right, hello, we're just going to run around the outside and. Cause, cause the- Michael Jordan, I think people were saying that he he probably is going to be okay. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily expect him to play against Buffalo mm. in the coming week. But 
I mean, this is a genuine question, and excuse my ignorance, but how much depth have we got behind any of these players? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, with Jordan, you've got obviously Billy Price that can come in and play centre and yeah, guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've still got Trey Hopkins playing at the moment. But what, what have we really... Obviously, you've got... Um, uh, what's his name? Cordy Glenn on the bench. Yes. Coming back in hopefully soon. And so Andre Smith effectively back up there. A bit worried about Cordy, though. What do you mean? Well, he's been out with concussion for quite a long time. Yeah. And I, you start to wonder whether... I know these things can't be rushed and everyone's different and yeah, yeah, concussion yeah. kind of, uh, you know, affects different people different ways, you know. And it's something, as I say, you cannot rush that kind of... You know, any brain injury yeah, yeah. or trauma, you know, you just can't rush it. But he has been off long. It's about, been about a month now. Yeah. You know, he has been off longer than the usual concussion uh, case, really. Yeah, so I, yeah. I do hope he's all right because we need him, as you say. We desperately yeah, need yeah. him. Um, no, there is, and that's the problem. You know, again, I think we all scratch our heads a bit at why they didn't go out and get... Well, they did. They got a starting... Right guard in John Miller, fair enough, right? Yeah. Why didn't they get another tackle? Yeah. You know, why didn't they pick up something? I think in free agency. Yeah. Well, they again, they would argue that they did in John Jerry, but you know, this is no, a, I know, this on. is a guy that they got out of, yeah, you yeah. know, um, off his couch, a nursing home somewhere out of retirement, <laughs> you know. So, um, I do, I do wish they'd got again. You kind of wish that this kind of thing wouldn't come back to bite them, but. It already has a little bit, you know. So I don't know. You've got Alex Redman waiting in the wings, but he's <sighs> not yeah, going to be out until yeah, yeah. he's got a four game. That's a good shout. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, suspension. You've got O'Shea Dugas on yeah, the yeah, yeah. practice squad who showed a little bit of something in preseason, although he had a horrible game against the Giants. Um, I don't know, man. It's all a bit depressing on that offensive line, I think. Yeah, and yet and the Bengals are really unlucky. I mean, you know, to lose Clint Bowling to retirement mm. is a shock, and then to lose Jonah Williams for the year. I mean, there's nothing you can shock. do about that. You can, no. there's nothing. And they, you and they can would do have, about. by all accounts, both been absolutely pivotal starters on that line. Mm. So to lose two of them, and obviously, you know, you'd have hoped Cordy Glenn would be fit. So they're three basically starters that, if everything was, you know, all hunky dory, you'd have had them. You know, three of them across the line. So it's almost, you know, over half your line has been decimated. I mean, you know, full credit to Michael Jordan for winning that job, but it's never ideal when you're starting a fifth round rookie on your offensive line, you know, and fair play to him for sort of gutting it out. But I think we are going to be in for a, a very long ride. Well, our special guest who we'll bring in in a moment, uh, Jay Morrison from The Athletic, he put up something really interesting. Um, uh, basically, the Bengals are one yard shy of having the fewest rushing yards through two games in the Super Bowl era. Wow. So, number one, that coveted number one spot was the Titans team of 2012 with 58 yards. And the Bengals of 2019 with 59. And then the Oilers, the Houston Oilers, uh, the 1971 Oilers uh, with 61 so it is. It is. You know, That's they, shocking. they have to get that going. Really, that's a good stat, but it's a horrendous one. You know it's a mean? good but horrible stat, really. Um, shall we bring in? I mean, we talked. What? I mean, Dalton played okay yesterday. I thought. Yeah, got three hundred yards. Did he? You know, I think he's yeah. going to be a good fantasy pickup this year because I tell you what, yeah. if the running game is not going, he's going to have to chuck it. He's yeah, going to have to yeah. do it himself. <laughs> Bad picky through. 
when he was going for Eifert. Yeah, that was a bad decision. And, you know, he did. He made a few bad decisions. I, I he thought, had a pick I thought, six that got was dropped. Yes. That was that was a stonewall pick six as well. I say he played quite well, but there were a few... And he did. You know, he racked up the yards. And I think, as I say, he's going to be a big fantasy pickup this year because if the running game's not working, he's going to have to almost act as the running back and play that West Coast style and just ping it five yards here, five yards there. And then the odd sort of... Lovely pass to Tyler Boyd in that first drive, that touchdown drive for 40 odd yards. A couple of lovely passes to John Ross and yeah, yeah. Eifert, and there's one to Drew Sample as well, looked good. Yeah. Um, but there were a few times I felt that he held on to the ball a bit too long and got sacked. And they were coverage sacks more than sort of, well, a mixture of coverage and pressure, actually, from what I saw. Uh, but he's normally pretty good at, at getting the ball out, you know, just out before he gets sacked and I wondered why that was maybe he's been told to kind of chill a bit and kind yeah, of hold yeah. on to the ball a bit bit longer um, I think Dalton I mean a few people piping up about Dalton you know there was horrible, you know the classically there's calls get Ryan Finley in the game why is he not in the game but I honestly think you could have nearly any quarterback in the league at the, the Bengals at the moment I don't think it makes a huge difference mm. I really don't I think that is at the moment probably the passing game right now looks Good, exciting, and that's what, and that's what Taylor's supposed to be good at. So you're not surprised about that. But you, you know, as good as the passing game is, and you've got John Ross two hundred yard receiving games. You've got Tyler Boyd at another hundred yards um, yesterday. You know, it looks quite. It looks like it can flash when it needs to. Yeah, you, know, you get Tyler Eifert involved. There's some serious talent there. You know, when Green comes back, it'll only improve. The quarterback is not the issue to me. I mean, could Dalton play better? Yes. You know, but ultimately... But if you're it, not playing with confidence and it, you're absolutely bricking it every time... And you've got no running game to support you. I mean, if we can hand it off to Joe Mixon and get seven on first and ten, it's second yeah. and three, that opens the playbook up unbelievably. Yes. You know, when you're running it up the gut and you're getting losing a yard and you're on second and 11 and all of a sudden you're forced to have to, like, sling it down There the were field. a lot of second and long. Yeah, yesterday. exactly, and that's the problem. And I think at the start of that game, Zach Taylor, you could tell, was desperate to get that running game going. He really tried to get give it to Mixon, he tried different mm. ways to get it to Mixon, he tried throwing it to Mixon, and nothing, it just, you know, nothing yeah. was coming of it, and I think teams, if you're the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills have got a good defence, yeah, yeah, absolutely, they've got yeah. a very, very good defence, um, Sean McDermott's built that defence up over the last couple of years, and they are going to look, Ed Oliver now, yeah, and they're going to look at the Bengals, and they're going to know that stat, and they're going to know that we can't run the ball, and they are going to be licking their chops because they know that we're going to come out and want to run it. And if we yeah. can't, then they're going to be, you know, then it massively opens the, mm. the door for, you know, Dalton having to throw and, you know, interceptions and all sorts. So it's a it's something that needs to be addressed. 100%. Well, I was buggered, basically, not just for yeah. next week, but the going forward. Uh, Andy Dalton, just to recap, 26 of 42. He, last week he threw the... He, he, there was like 50-odd attempts. Yeah, I know. This week, 42 attempts. That's a lot, man. I think Goodbury tweeted out um, saying that if Andy Dalton carried his current pace, he'd throw for something like 5,700 yards. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dalton, 26 of 42, 311 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Mixon, 11 carries for 17 yards. Geo, six carries for six yards. Madness. Tyler Boyd, this is where it gets fun. Tyler Boyd, 10 receptions for 122 yards. He's a class player. Really I mean, he's a real player. dependable go-to he, guy. He's going mean, to... It's, it's absolutely massive we re-signed him. Yeah, I agree. I because agree. I tell you what, he could go somewhere else and be their number one. He's, yeah. he's, play, he's, he's really taking that role of the number one very, mm. very well. 
Uh, and that was just on 10 targets. So yeah. 10 out of 10 for Tyler. John Ross, four uh, receptions for 112 yards, one touchdown, eight targets, and the rest. Ericsson dropped a few yesterday. Uh, he's not had a great start to the season, old Alex, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but there we go. Let's. Uh, I'm on my second can of lager. It's a can of London, what is it, meantime London lager. And I polished off uh, a can of Camden Hells while Nathan was, was spouting forth there. <laughs> While I quaff this merrily, while I look wistfully out of the uh, out towards the back garden, uh, let's bring in our special guest. And joining me now from the Queen City, it's the Athletics' Jay Morrison. Our old friend Jay, of course, is now co-presenting uh, "Hear That Podcast Growling," the Athletics Bengals podcast with uh, another old friend of ours, Paul Downey Jr. Uh, Jay, welcome. Good morning to you. Yeah, glad to be with you guys. Well, um, we know I'm catching you early in the morning, so thank you so much for doing this. Um, what does Jay Morrison have for breakfast, I wonder? Uh, nothing yet. I've just had coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to skip the breakfast. You know, game days at the stadium, they feed us pretty well, so I usually wake up on Monday mornings pretty stuffed. Oh, okay. Now, we've heard various tales about food from press boxes all over the country. What, what, what's the Bengals' speciality in the, in the, press, in the press box? Um, they, they kind of, uh, they used to do this thing where they would kind of tailor it to the, to the visiting team. Yeah, kind of, you know, food that's kind of known to that region. But uh, they, they've been playing it a little straighter. They'll, they'll do a mix of breakfast and lunch pregame. And then the uh, halftime meal is Gold Star Chili. And then the post-game meal is uh, pizza. Uh, this year they added a carving station, which was really nice. They had some uh, nice roasted pork um, mm-hmm. that they cr- uh, carved for you nice and fresh before the game yesterday. So, wow. uh, yeah, ha- had my share of food. I did not eat at halftime, but I did eat pre-game and post-game and still feeling it a little this morning. Goodness me, if I was there, I think I'd be still at the buffet. Uh, forget the game, <laughs> especially yesterday. Blimey. Well, let's talk about the game because it is the morning uh, your time. In the morning yeah. uh, after the day before, and uh, I think lots of Bengals fans this side of the, the the pond were extremely excited. We've had Zach on the on the program before, and he he speaks very well. And we're we were on board with all the little innovations and excited to see what he would bring. And of course, week one uh, provided plenty of encouragement. And then yesterday happened. Uh, can you? Uh, what are your thoughts this morning, Jay? Um, can you put your finger on what happened yesterday? Um, I think they just got out-schemed. Um, you know, when they went to Seattle, Seattle kind of lined up, said, we're going to run it down your throat. You're going to know it. we're running it. We're still going to do it anyhow. And they challenged him that way. And the Bengals were able to man up to that. Uh, yesterday, it was a lot of misdirection, a lot of runs that looked like passes, passes that looked like runs. And... They, they just really attacked them out on the, the perimeter where, you know, Dre, Dre Kirkpatrick and, and William Jackson, the cornerbacks, are, are, they're good cover cornerbacks, but they struggle in tackling. And uh, I'm still waiting for the missed tackle numbers. Of the, the Athletic has a uh, partnership with Sports Radar that, that gives us all kinds of uh, next-gen stats like that. And, and I'm really interested to see how many tackles they missed yesterday because so the most they missed last year was 12, and we know how bad this defense was last year. Yesterday had to have been more than 12, and it wasn't just the cornerbacks. It was, it was everybody. I mean, they were, they were missing tackles in the hole, 
And so I think that that was the combination. There was there was some confusion um, that the, the 49ers were throwing at them. And, and even when the Bengals were in position to make plays, they just weren't making them. They were, they were whiffing on a lot of tackles. Yeah, and that was pretty evident. We've been discussing this on the podcast uh, before you come on. And um, it was just, it just seemed to me, well, it, not to me, but to pretty much everyone, pretty much every down, offensive down the 49ers played, they gashed us for, for big, big numbers. I think there was some stat out there for 30 yard plus plays out there, which is ridiculous. I mean, we conceded 500 yards by the end of the third quarter. I mean, this is Terrell Austin style numbers, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. That's, that was the point of my story is that this, this, this felt a lot like that run in October and November last year when they gave up 500 yards in three straight games and it, and it cost Austin his job. Um, the, the, that stretch in those three games where they gave up 500 yards or more, they, had, they, they allowed six plays of 30 yards or more they had six of those plays yesterday alone. Six. There were six plays yesterday where the 49ers had at least 34 yards. It's, it's, it's unheard of. I mean, you, the uh, the stats, the play stats, only go back to 1994, and I could only find one other game in Bengals history where they gave up five plays of 34 yards or more. So that, oh, wow. yeah, yesterday was a record-setting day, and, and not in a good way. It seemed to me also what perhaps what was more as good as they were at Seattle, even though they lost, they were. Pretty good, I'd say, on defense especially. Um, the 49ers and Shanahan just came with the perfect game plan, what it looked like, and uh, it was perfectly executed as well. But what was more worrying to me is that, you mentioned it earlier, you touched upon it, that the fundamentals weren't there, the tackling, the, the kind of setting the edges, all that kind of stuff, uh, that fundamental stuff that I would assume that you get taught in high school, um just wasn't there yesterday now that how much of that is the Bengals just laying the biggest egg and farting the biggest fart you've ever seen or how much of it was that or how much of it was the 49ers just game planning and executing just perfectly um I think it was a little bit of both I think it was the latter early on it was the game plan just really kind of had the Bengals on their heels but you know, you you guys as fans had to have felt it in that in the second half that the game was over. And I, I think, yeah, these guys are professionals and they get paid well to do this. But I think they realized it too. And I think some of the want to goes away when when a team is just running over you like that. I I, I think some of the Zach said he didn't have a problem with the effort, but it, it certainly looked like some some half hearted effort in the second half where it just became apparent the game was over and they they were kind of watching the clock, just, just waiting for the zeros to get in that locker room. Um, it, I, I would give most of the credit to the 49ers for the scheme, but yeah, we, we've seen this for years, that, that tackling is a problem, and it's, it's all across the league because they don't do it in practice anymore. With mm-hmm. the CBA, they're only allowed so many days of contact, and even, even on those days when they're allowed to go full contact, they're not taking ball carriers to the ground. Um, you've got guys young guys coming out of college that that you know need that kind of work at, at this level with the, the speed of these athletes that they're just not mm-hmm. getting it and it's kind of a learning on the fly thing and th- this crops up a lot especially early in the season until the the players kind of get their feet under them um, and, and get into the flow of an NFL season yeah um 
Well, let's hope they can improve. They need to because uh, they're going to be playing two decent running backs in Buffalo uh, next week. Um, what about on the other side of the ball? Um, how worried are you about the ineffectiveness of the running game at the moment? I, I think that's concern A1 right now. I mean, this offensive line wasn't that good last year, but Joe Mixon still left the AFC in rushing. It's, I mean, it's abysmal this year. They're averaging 1.7 yards per carry, um, and it, it's Joe and it's Geo. It, they just they, they couldn't find anything last week in Seattle. Uh, couldn't find anything yesterday against San Francisco. Um, Andy's done a pretty good job uh, of being not just a pass-first quarterback, but a pass-only quarterback. Hmm. That that can't. I mean. He, it can't continue for the rest of the year. He took some shots yesterday. He got sacked five times against Seattle. If you're going to, what do you drop back? 43 times yesterday, 51 times against Seattle. You're just playing with fire. Um, he's going to take a shot that is, is probably going to cause him to miss some time if, if the offensive line is, is not going to be able to protect that long all game. They, they've got to get the run game going. And then the concerning thing is they, they lose two offensive linemen yesterday to injury. Um, now, neither one seems serious. Andres was a groin injury, and he was battling that during the week. Um, he was using this like personal massager. He was using it on his hip. I was surprised they called it a groin injury. Right. Uh, but he was using that between reps on Thursday. And then Michael, John, Michael Jordan went out with a knee injury, but I did catch up with him walking out of the locker room. And he didn't have a brace. He, he was walking fine. There was no limp. I asked him if he was good. He said he was. So we'll, we'll see where that stands. But um, the already thin offensive line can't run the ball it's it's not a good situation right now for the ground game uh, do you have i mean this obviously the offensive line was the main worry uh, on top of the linebackers adding add the linebacker core into that as well um can they improve or is just are they just trying to eke out the most that they can from this group of of linemen who perhaps one could argue quite strongly isn't the most talented out there. Um, I mean, how can you improve that if you just don't have the talent levels? Yeah, I mean, in the past game, you can mask that. You can use the quick passes. You can use play action. You can use screens. You can do all that kind of stuff to slow down the pass rush, but the, the run game is just man-on-man. Man. You, you, there, there's not a lot you can do there to mask those deficiencies. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what how how Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor come up with a way to to get the run game going because that his whole offense is predicated on play action and yes, if right. the defense doesn't respect the run whatsoever, then play action is completely ineffective. You take it out right out of the game, don't you? And for a, for a team and an offensive coach like like Zach, who who has come from a very playoff sorry play action. Playoff and playoff, actually, play action and playoff heavy team. Um, mm -hmm. That's just not going to happen, is it? If you haven't got a run game, no, no, and that's the biggest. That's why I said that's the biggest concern because they've got to get that going. And Buffalo's got a pretty good defense. Uh, Pittsburgh's got a decent defense. I, I thought they had a good defense. It's it's been a little surprising to see them mm, right, yeah. give up the points they've given up in the first two games. But they, yeah, they they played the Patriots and the Seahawks too, so that. It's not like they're playing stiffs, but yeah, I mean, if if they can't figure out a way to get the run game going, and they've never really run the belt ball well against Pittsburgh, um, they're they're looking at a very real possibility of being zero and four. 
Oh, okay then. I'm glad I got you on, Jay. You're a, you're a, you're a cheery sort on, on this on this afternoon. Um, I'm a beacon of optimism, aren't I? <laughs> absolutely. Um, but but let's end on it. There's a few crumbs of comfort out there. What are there any positives that you saw? I mean, we can mention perhaps John Ross's flying start, literally and figuratively. Um, what what else have you noticed that you've liked about? But of course, we were only two games into the season, so they played. Higher, better than expectation last week, you could argue, and much lower than expectation this week. So it's difficult to get a true feel of where this team's at. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think that's always the case with every team. You get, and it's always it's always good if you're a you know like a pick'em league or one of those things. It's always good to go contrarian in week two because the the teams that are feeling pretty good about themselves, and I think you could put the Bengals in that category after playing pretty decent in Seattle. They always seem to kind of lay an egg in week two, and then the teams that get rolled in week one always come out with, with some fight in week two. It's just you never know what you're going to get that, that first couple weeks of the season. Um, in, in terms of optimism, I, I think I, I, I've been impressed with Andy. I, that The interception yesterday was just a terrible decision. He was on the roll, roll run, and he – he, the, they had Eifert bracketed, and so he, he couldn't lead him. He tried to force it in underneath, and the, the linebacker undercut him and picked it off. Um, that was big because as much as that game seemed like it was getting out of hand, that the Bengals got the ball back at their own two. Mm-hmm. They were moving down the field. It's like yep. if they can punch that in and get some points right before halftime, that would that would have been a big momentum swing. Instead, he throws the pick. San Francisco gets a field goal, and the, the route was on. Um, going back to your question about optimism, I, not just Andy, but I put Tyler Boyd at the top of the list. Yeah. You always wonder about how a guy comes back from a, a breakout year, and then you wonder about how a guy's going to respond after signing a big contract. And he was terrific yesterday. Ten catches on ten targets, mm. most of them on third downs, clutch situations, which we've seen throughout his career. He's been really good on third down. Um, and he's doing this. Yeah, it's helped that John Ross is kind of, broken out but you know he's Tyler's doing this without AJ Green so I I still think there's a lot of optimism there of of how good this offense can be and and don't forget too AJ Green coming back will help the run game as well just putting all those threats out on the perimeter that alone could help the run game but yeah if if you're asking for the the two shining rays of of uh bright spots I would have to say Andy Dalton's played better than expected and, and Tyler Boyd's gone even beyond last year's breakout year and just finally, Jay, uh, what are you expecting next week? Are you ex- you say the, the Bills have got a tough defense, especially that front? I would say, um, do, I mean, they've got to have, they've got to respond to this, right? I'm sh- it's, it was a chastening experience for us fans who were like, really excited to see them play at home, and obviously it just kind of went south in a big way. Um, but the players must be feeling that as well, right? They must be like, right, we can't let this happen again. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I think it's almost a good thing that they're on the road, um, and, and it's a fairly short trip. But uh, to get away, it would have been a really negative situation if, if they were back home again next week after the, the egg they laid yesterday. Um, they don't they don't have to worry about getting booed in their own stadium and, and having everybody there cheering for the other team the way it seemed yesterday. Yeah, that was weird. That was, yeah, there was a lot of 49ers um, fans yesterday. 
There was. I was surprised. But I guess, you know, when you only get to visit a city once every eight years, people kind of, like we saw that in Seattle. There were a lot of Bengal fans out yeah, there. Right, I mean, right, right, yeah, you yeah. only get a chance to do that once every eight years. So yeah. people save up the money and make those trips. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I kind of going back to the, that contrarian thing, I would like, I, you know, you bring up a good point. I think I'm going to look this stat up. I, I wonder how many times an 0 and 2 team has played a 2 and 0 team in week 3 and and I I'd, I'd be willing to bet the 0 and 2 teams win more because it's they're backed in a corner it's a must win pretty much that situation the 2 and 0 teams probably feeling pretty good about themselves yeah. and and maybe it's false hope in the case of the Bills because They've beaten the Jets and the Giants. Neither one of those are very good teams. Right. So I, I think the Bengals have a shot to, to, to go to Buffalo and get a win. Um, they're not favored. The Bills are favored by five and a half points. But um, I, I think we'll see this team respond. Um, this, is, this is a big test for Zach to see how he can, how he can rally the troops, so to speak. Mm. Uh, we know he's, he's got a great offensive mind, but this is where you really test your coaching medal to see if you can get the guys to buy in and follow you when things are going south. Well, Jay, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed for a much improved performance. Uh, that's the thing, isn't it? I think we went to Seattle and, and played so well. I mean, fans obviously hate losing, but they don't mind losing as much as long as the team digs in, plays well, is competitive. And we were neither of those things yesterday. So let's hope for a, an improved performance. Jay, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, good talking to you, Paul. That was the Athletics' Jay Morrison back for his second appearance on Cincinnati. Um, and a big thanks to Jay there. And, of course, you can hear him every week on his thrice-weekly podcast for the Athletic. Hear that podcast growling. Now, as you can imagine, um, now then, as you can imagine, there has been a lot of correspondence on our social channels. And uh, they are... If you didn't already know, uh, Twitter, we're on at Hooday underscore UK. And on Facebook, we are on Bengals UK. And once again, thank you guys for interacting during our online tailgate, which we're doing every weekend, uh, an hour before each kickoff. Uh, we had some very memorable... Uh, we're asking, basically, if you don't know what, what we're trying to do here, is we're asking people to send in their photographs. And videos. We haven't actually we had one video from Sam Angel yesterday, which is brilliant. But videos and photographs of people. Uh, no, not that kind of video. Nathan, no, no. Um, <laughs> I said the same Sam Angel that buys in deodorant with his. Uh, I know. I saw that as well. What's so the guy doing? Sam Angel, a uh, very nice man who contributes um, uh, to us quite the regularly. English yoga bro. Uh, there you go. And um, he also does lots of fantastic uh, film breakdown on his Twitter feed, so go and search for Sam Anger. And he sent us a video of what he's going to be eating for his <laughs> here during the game, which is what we're trying to do. We're asking people to uh, send in videos and pictures of what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're wearing, how they prepare for the game. And it's just a bit of fun trying to unite the fan base and kind of get people talking and excited before each game. And it's, so far, it's, it's worked really well. And Sam sent through a picture yesterday of... I don't know, there was some hot dogs there, I some think there's some wings. Chicken wings and stuff, yeah. And there was all, all kinds of foodie paraphernalia there. And in the middle of it all, there was a can of deodorant. <laughs> now, I he don't know whether... He sweaty in the games, doesn't he? He's, maybe, he's, maybe he he's pers- got a bit of not a spicy sauce on his wings. Could be, uh, yeah. 
and he's having to just keep keep it topped up every few minutes. You know what I mean? Every like, few minutes. Right, he's, he's, he's spicy those wings, maybe. I don't know. That's right. And we also had Tom McDowell yesterday reclining in repose in his back garden because it was a hot day in South East yesterday. yesterday. Beautiful. Um, and I know it was very hot in Cincinnati as well, but it was lovely 25 degrees down here in the southeast. And Tom McDowell was, uh, as I say, reclining in his back garden in his underpants, his Bengals underpants, and he decided to show us that image. So thanks for... Who's your, who's your favourite so far? Well, we've Mc, had two, haven't we? McDowell or Stuart Baird? Well, in week one of our online tailgate, Stuart Baird sent us a lovely photograph of him standing in his living room in just his Bengals underpants. So I wonder who's going to do it next week. The challenge. I'm looking at you, Sam. They've got. Yeah, no, my clothes are strictly on. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm throwing down the gauntlet to our listeners. Um, we want who is X-rated all of a sudden. Who is it? going to be the next person to pose in their Bengals oh, underpants? There'll be about five geezers doing it. We'll get we'll, we'll get our account taken off of, taken off Twitter. <laughs> That's got to be the aim, right? That's got to be the aim. <laughs> You're going for the online tailgate. This this account has been suspended. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so thanks so much. And also, uh, Tom McDowell again, uh, sent in some pictures of beautiful chicken wings and uh, what else? Oh, yeah, they quite nice, actually. Helen, lovely ones, Helen yeah. Sterling <laughs> sent a picture of her, her amazing dog. Um, did you see that oh, one? Oh, yeah, 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 with, with a tooth uh, 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 Yeah, exactly, kind of an, an underbite with sort of teeth everywhere, and <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. So, thank you guys for interacting. And as I say, we ask uh, we ask you guys to interact with us for this podcast as well. We've got a lot of correspondence, so let's crack on, shall we? Uh, it's not pretty reading, I, I give you fair warning. Um, Michael Fisher at Cosmic Sausage 77. Solid handle. Very hard to pull any positives from that one. What an absolute turd of a performance. <laughs> fair enough, isn't it? Well, it's a good start to proceedings there. Jess Connolly. Now, Jess always has something positive to say. At Jess Ellis Connolly. Um... My hot take it was that it was extremely hot. Of course, Jess was there. She's a member of the Bengals Bomb Squad tailgating crew. Uh, it's hard to be too upset when you have a good time, but we couldn't get it going on offence. My favourite part was the Eifert touchdown. Defence was very confusing after last week. I want to see that team that showed up hungry in Seattle. Yeah, here, here. Absolutely. Uh, Phil Hatton at Bengal Blue Boy. Very disappointing, obviously, but I was equally worried by the Bengals' attendance. Up until yesterday, Zach has done everything right. There was real hope from week one. Sunny day, home opener, but lots of empty seats and Niners fans. After that, it will get worse. Concerning. Yeah, we touched on that, didn't we? It's a good point. That's it. Crick and Jules at UK Brewing 88. Shout out to the non-existent O-line and Andy Andy Dalton's brain farts. I think you're being harsh on Andy Dalton. Yeah, a little bit harsh, you know. I think. Not too harsh on the O-line, but harsh on Dalton. Liam, LPD4991. Three weeks ago, I was buzzing. I got tickets to the Bengals at Bills to finish my American trip. Now, I'm not so sure I've done the right thing. Hoping for a serious bounce back. Liam, mate, you're going to have a fantastic time and because uh, the Bills tailgate apparently oh, man, is legendary. Yeah, yeah. And we will be in touch with you, Liam. Scott Gibb, I was actually confident pre-game. Felt like I got a square hoof to the balls. <laughs> now, you can only read that in a Scottish accent, really. <laughs> I was going to say that, exactly. Um, absolutely. I think I'm still recovering to that square hoof to the balls. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Granger at fleet underscore risk. 
We don't seem to have a running game, and our defense was shredded anyway by the 49 Anyway, the 49ers fancied it. I can't believe it was a fluke in game one, so he must have been out coached, and I absolutely agree with you. I do. I yeah, think they were just out coached. Um, there was a few other things going on, but I really think that Shanahan... See, I think if Marvin was still here, he would have out-coached Shanahan and we'd have won that game. You see <laughs> Marvin, say. Arizona State is 3-0. Well, I bet you... They turned sick. over Michigan State. You oh, see really? That? No, no, They no. turned over the ranked Michigan State. They're 3-0, oh, okay. Arizona State. Hello. Marvin smashing the gaff up. But can he win a playoff? Can he win a ball? Well, I don't know. This one, I reckon he can. I think we should bring Marvin back. <laughs> All right. Don't you start that nonsense. Tell you, I Marvin's just... smashing up Arizona State. Keep I can an just eye on Arizona him. State. I can just see him. Keep Edwards. I can just see him on an evening on his porch. <laughs> crickets, cricketing. Hey, yeah, crickets, cricketing. A little kind of, you know, just in his shorts <laughs> and his sandals and his flip flops. Sandals and flip flops. Terrible string vest. <laughs> and a uh, big cigar, a little sort of cheeky rum yeah. or whiskey or something like that on his porch. Yeah. And he sees the score out of the corner of his eye. <laughs> Do you really watch it? I bet he doesn't. He's, he's laughing his head off. Yeah, it's like seeing your ex having a terrible, like, terrible relationship. Terrible new boyfriend, yeah. knowing that it's not going to last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick Leeming yeah. at Maverick TBL. Um, Solid handle. Oh, you thought about it. I you did thought about, thought about it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Maverick part. Yeah. We'll never do anything with Dalton. Doesn't inspire confidence at all. Why not give Finley a chance, especially in the last uh, quarter when the game was done? I mean, that that is an argument. I think you know when the score is like that and you're yep. you're putting the starters in still. I mean, to be honest, there was no other replacements that we could have bought in for the offensive line. But certainly, maybe be, bring in a Perrine or Travion Williams at running back just to see what they've got. Give them a few snaps. Maybe bring in Finley to get a few drives going to see what he's the, got. The only reason I'd be bringing anyone in is to, to avoid injury. That's yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. maybe to avoid injury. Not for sort of like, oh, we reckon Finley's going to mm. be the star. I think Dorton is like, like we've said about Dorton, the most polarising guy on the team, but he at the moment is absolutely not the reason. You know, the passing game looks pretty hot. It's just a line. I mean, you know, that line is just, you know, you could put any quarterback, in my opinion, behind that line. Drew Brees, you could put Jared Goff, you could put Pat Mahomes behind that line, genuinely. I, uh, well, I mean, yeah, Pat Mahomes yeah, might yeah, have yeah, a bit more success, yeah. but he still would struggle with that line, you know. Righty, oh, uh, Rosie at Rosie underscore May 16. I think, again, we should, uh, sorry, I think, again, we showed that we have some real talent at receivers. And when Greenback, we will uh, look incredible. The game in general, though, very poor. Offense couldn't get going. The line wasn't holding. And the defense just weren't tackling. But I think we'll pick it up next week, though. Good on you, Rosie. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Martin Greer at Martin Greer 73. Looking forward to Buffalo opening the team. Show plenty of mental and physical toughness. I personally would like to see us use a fullback to help rushing. Yeah. One and two record wouldn't seem too bad. Who day and who day to you, Martin? Because I think he's on holiday at the moment. That in Greece, need a geezer. Um, yeah, that that's that's. I mean, that whole I formation thing is just not in Taylor's game plan. No, is it? I know. But just I mean, not in his game. It's a, it's a fair point though. Yes, you, do, you feel like you do need to inject something in there to get that game going. What about sticking sticking or... old mother in there? Yeah, well, genuinely. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, play, he's done it before, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big geezer, so you want him running down anyway. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, Dean Owen Jones at Word Sherbert to to say they backslid would be an understatement. 
But if we've had an almost win and a shellacking, hopefully that gives Zach and the team the full range of info they need on what works and what doesn't. I'm scraping around to find some kind of positive here. Can you tell? Yes, but we like it, Dean. Jamie at Trequat Beaster. Lack of speed killed us last year and it will kill us this year. At least we play Miami, so there's at least one win on the board. They are having a worse time than us. That is for oh. sure. There's always someone else having a worse time than you. Shocking, isn't it, Miami? Uh, Aurelius at Aurelius13 got out coach and outplayed. Simple as onto Buffalo. Fair Pretty enough. succinct. I like that, Aurelius. Uh, Bianco Verde at Brian Bengal. Uh, I hear we're changing the official hashtag t- from New Day to Same Day. Oh, I think that's, that's satire, isn't it, uh, Brian? Um, Feels like it, though, doesn't it? If this was yeah. Marvin, everyone would be like, well, apart from a couple of extra exciting, you know, yeah. couple of plays of that flea flicker last week, you'd be saying the same thing. Nothing's mm. changed, you know, to be brutal. Captain Kev at K. Grennan. Growing pains. Still need help at O-line. Defence will never improve if offence keeps going three and out. Trade for Trent Williams yesterday. Give our coach a break. Two games. Got embarrassed. Has happened to the best of them. Our talent level is pretty low and that needs to improve. And I cannot disagree. I think that's utterly fair. fair. And I like the way you write your tweets. It reminds me of James Elroy. Well done, Kev. Uh, Carl Letros at Carl Letros. First time caller, I think. First time caller. Defence reminiscent of last season, completely melted away, and nearly every snap for the 49ers was his first down. Mental contrast compared to last week. I don't think we really missed the running game either, judging by pre-season and Seahawks' performances. Um, Odat at DZE. Um, sobering performance and result. Not sure yet which of the two results is the outlier. Bengals have a lot of positives as a team and group of coaches, and good to hear they hold themselves accountable. Who day? Another day. He makes a very good point, does DZE. Um, we've only played two games. And it's difficult to know which team or what team this is. They played well against Seattle. They played poorly against the 49ers. So it's difficult to know which one is which, you know. I think... they uh, instinct tells me that they're kind of somewhere in between. I think I think 100%. I, I said before the start of the season, I think they're a five, six-win team. I think they are. I think we will get... I think they, they, there's some definite talent on offence. If they stay healthy on offence, you get Green back. You've got Dalton Green, Eifert, Mixon, um, Bernard, obviously mm. Tyler Boyd and John Ross. They're seven very, very good players. You'll win games with that. And there's still talent on that defence. It might, I think it's overrated, to be honest. Yeah. But I still think there's enough there that you'd eke out five or six wins. Mm-hmm. Chris Hood at Hooday CP. I'm sure there'll be plenty of negatives to consider on the Bengals UK podcast this week. But here are some positives. One, Eifert did some stuff without getting injured. Yeah. Two, Boyd. Yeah. Three, Ross. Yeah. Uh, four, it was nice weather for the folks who were there at PBS. <laughs> and five, the game ended. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. Chris. Do you think sometimes in those games you just there should be like an option to just wave a white flag so no one gets hurt? You know in those games where the well, game's uh, done in the third quarter and you almost yeah. just feel like, why are we sat here watching it? Well, as Jay said, you know, about the effort, I don't think they packed in. But when you, when you get steamrolled like that, is and you know that you're there's no way back. It's it's kind of hard to raise yeah. yourselves, I think. And um, 
Yeah, maybe there should be. But you mean like with Ross, Ross at the end of the game, like when he's running down there for the touchdown, say someone lays the geezer out and he tears his ACL or something. You know what I mean? It's like, Jesus, which what wouldn't we doing? be Which wouldn't be unexpected for No, John but Ross. do you know what I mean? And you, all of a sudden, like, you you know... You but that's, and that's good. And it was good for my fantasy team as well, frankly. So, yeah. I was, But no, it was good for his confidence as well. You know, he's had a fantastic... He's still raw st- and he still dropped one at the start of the game and you're thinking, oh, but he, you know, he, he has got blistering pace. He did, I and mean, he, he looks, said there was a similar play. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, there's another great stat uh, from Jay. John Ross is off to one of the best starts in Bengals franchise history. Most receiving yards through the first two games of a season. Um, so number one is Chad Johnson in 2007 with a 304. Mm. And number two is is John Ross with a 270. So he's had a great start. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And he looks to be like a big play guy, you know. Um, Andrew Townsend, Andrew Townsend too. Not really a take from the game, but am I the only one who loves looking in the Bengals lockers during the interviews to try and see who who's are the best organised or untidy, etc. I mean, it could just be you, Andrew, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I see what you mean. I do. Again, I do look to see, have a sneaky look about what they've got on their locker shelves. Sometimes I can't say I've ever ever indulged. What, what do you have in your locker? What would I have in it? Yeah. I don't know. What do I have in my locker? I don't know, nothing exciting. A few cheeky cans of Michelob Ultra stowed away. <laughs> Brilliant answer, Emma Nathan. Um, Peter Dadswell, Dad is, Dad is, has written... Has he gone off, has he? Has written an essay, uh, and I'll read it to you. What a massive letdown. <laughs> not, not his tweet, obviously, but... Um, <laughs> plenty of hope and optimism coming into the game after week one. That's what Bengals want. Some hope, after, some hope of better times ahead. But instead, it was ripped away from us with an inept and at times shameful performance that was eerily reminiscent of the dark times under Marvin last season. My last tweet before kickoff was, just don't destroy our newfound optimism. Damn, I'm clairvoyant. Defending the run was ghastly. Our own running game was equally so. We lost it in the trenches where the 49ers were as excellent as we were rubbish. Once engaged with a blocker... Well, I mean, we've gone all over this, no offence. Pete, and he finishes that performance seemingly destroyed all positivity I had. I'll finish with, finish with the words of Jamie, who's Trekwart Beaster, in a tweet after the game that kind of summed things up well from my perspective too. I love games like today because it teaches you how not to feel anything. Sadly true. Pete, honestly. Crack- but he also finishes. There's one more bit from um, Dallas, and it says, actually, at the end, it says, also, Son of Ray was shocking on last week's <laughs> Bengals UK podcast. Need to be looking for a change. A shameful wow. performance, he says. <laughs> well, you know, what can I say? I've got to look at the film and um, sort it out. Um, Chris at Yateman. The AFC North could be won with seven to eight wins this season. Means if the Bengals can get their arse in gear... There's still plenty to play for. Sorry, just going back to Dallas Port Police, I don't feel like we addressed it. I think he's pretty much bang on. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, slightly yeah, too, a little bit perhaps too negative too soon. I mean, come back to us in a month, I yeah. think, and then we'll really know what this team is all about. But I think I don't think he's too far wrong. In terms of the AFC North, I mean, breaking news as of today, I know you like to announce this stuff some, but I've got mm-hmm. there first, is Ben Roethlisberger is and you're being for the signed season. up. you're being signed up for the Steelers. Uh, me and Mason Rudolph are going to get Competing in. for the starters <laughs> job. 
Um, well, but it's Rothfuss- been fun, Nathan. You know, yeah, it's been fun. Good luck, Mason Rudolph out. Mason Rudolph's not out for the year. Ben Roethlisberger out for the year. So that's going to make those two games easier. Steelers are also zero and two. You struggle to see them get more than eight eight <clears> wins. <throat> But I really do think the Browns, I know they've started badly. Big game tonight. It, yeah, I've, I've got it out for the Browns. I don't think the Browns have a great season. But the Ravens look pretty damn good. I tell I you what. I think they're going to win about 10, 11 games, the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked, has looked tremendous. Yeah. And again, I know it's, I mean, who do they play? They played Miami and the Cardinals, who, who showed some pluck. And Kyler Murray's yeah, got something about decent. him. Yeah, yeah, But he, he I mean, the, always the big knock about... Um, Lamar Jackson was that he couldn't throw the ball, but I've seen some throws in these two games. It's like whoa. The only issue he's going to have is does he can he physically hold up to the yeah. run? Because Cam Newton, you can tell. I mean, Cam yeah. Newton just an absolute animal in his yeah. day. Yeah, you, but he's a big geezer, Cam Newton, and he's feeling mm. the effects now. And it's like mm. Lamar Jackson's nowhere near the size of Cam Newton, and you think. Yeah, you know, can the geezer hold up this running style? He's not running it as much as he was, yeah, yeah. but it's still a very demanding yeah. position to play if that's what you're going to be doing. Yes, absolutely. But as I say, uh, certainly in terms of throwing, he looks like a million dollars at the yeah, moment. Yeah. So fair play to him. And I think you might be right. In that, yes, we'll see. But well, uh, Chris makes a good point. Mm. You know, this division might not be much cop. Um thing is, though, the Ravens have got to play us twice. They've got to play the Big Ben, less Steelers, less Brown, less Bell. And the Steelers look pretty bad at the moment. So you've got to play both of us, like, four games. So, I mean, it could be after this. We're recording this on a Monday night, if you haven't guessed already. It could be Ravens 2-0, Browns 1-1, and Steelers and us 0-2. Yeah. The Browns, the Browns got tonight the Jets yeah, you know, yeah. without, without Darnold and Bell. No, Bell's playing. Is he? Yeah, okay, well, they got a chance. Yeah, I just yeah. hand it off to him. Um, okay, finally, Tom McDowell at WagDubDD. Uh, you know what? I still love this team and I'm still excited about Zach Taylor. I've seen flashes of what we can be and with a few improvements, we aren't far off. That is a nice, optimistic. I like that. Comment. I do think we're a little bit far off, but I think it's a very, very good attitude to have. Indeed. I think I think we need to be, as they say, trending in the right direction from now on. We've got to. We showed lots of innovation and, you know, intro. The other thing I noticed on uh, in the Forty Nineers game that we were getting out muscled a lot. Mm. That we were getting, you know, they were far more physical than than us and I think uh, I think that might have to be addressed as well in terms of yeah, I don't know yeah. what but um, but thank you again for all our correspondences um, again you can reach us at today underscore UK uh, on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook and just before we go uh, I think Nathan you have a you don't no, next week. All right, okay. Well, I was going to say, there could be a pop it on preach. I need to let, to let the rage... There's enough rage for me today. Oh, if okay. I did a pop it on preach today, it'll all be a bit too much. I'll have to go and have a lie down. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, that's more or less it. Thank you very much. Well, for let's this. have oh, just no. a very quick Bills. preview of the Bills game. On the road at the Bills, we'll the Bills it. have started off well. <laughs> There's a notorious difficult place to go. We well, have the Bills some who success play. there recently. The Bills have played the Jets... Pretty average team. Yeah. They've beaten the Giants. Not so good team. As Jay yeah. said, they played two against two teams that aren't great. Now they're playing an 0-2 team that has looked good in one game and very pure mm. in the second game. And um, I don't quite know what team we have at the moment, which is why I'm reserving judgment until about three or four games down the line to see yeah. 
to make a kind of pronouncement about what kind of team we are. But the Bills are tough. They are tough. I think we, I mean, if I'm Zach Taylor, I don't think it's too early to say this. I think you've got to be looking at those next two games. They're both on the road against the Bills and the Steelers. You've got to get Cordy Glenn back. You've got to say to Cordy Glenn, listen, mate, like, you know, I, I know he's injured and the concussions are serious, but we need you back for this game. We need everything we can throw at the Bills. Because I think if you go 0 3 and then you're going on the road to the Steelers, I don't know, big, 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 uh, I know that Big Ben's out, but your season could be done. If you go to 0 4, two difficult road games, always difficult <laughs> against the Steelers. The Bills are not a bad side. You've, you've just, if you're Zach Taylor, you've got to roll out some serious changes after that game and make sure that the players are absolutely raring to go. And, you know, someone said it in the correspondence, if we can get to one and two, I think it was Martin Greer, if we can get to one and two, you'd look at that and be like, all right, it's back on again. Because end of the day, you're always going to struggle away in Seattle and Buffalo away is a difficult game. So, you know, they're, they're, and there's some easier games down that show. You've got Miami, you've got Arizona, you've got some teams there that, you know, yeah. you reckon you could have a go against. The Steelers are without Ben. But I just think that for all of us as fans, it's hard watching a team that's one and six. Yeah. And we all want the Bengals. Yeah, course, We're not asking for the Bengals to, you know, win the AFC North, and my, you know, but you want them to at least, for most of the season, feel like you have a chance of making the playoffs at least yeah, yeah, no, I where it's competitive and I just hope that we don't because <clears throat> once you start getting down that 0-4-5 route yeah. and the fan, the attendances drop off it's no fun for no, anyone yeah, but we'll keep going obviously here we'll provide fun we've got the Wembley well, speak game for yourself son I'm well, off. Well, yeah, you're, 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 we're off in a couple of weeks aren't you but you know the, the Bills have got some nice players they've got Frank Gore the ageless Frank Gore yeah Jesus you know, they've got he's De- young he's um, older than you son isn't he oh, well that sounds something yeah. <laughs> uh, Devin Singletree looks quite hang- handy uh, they've got some nice receivers. John Brown, who was a bit hit and miss, I think. He's rapid, though. He's like John Ross, isn't he? Yeah. Cole Beasley was a good pick-up, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, And um, Zay Jones, I like. And Dawson Knox, the rookie tight end, I kind of quite like. So they've got some nice players. It's just a case of whether we can get to Josh Allen or not. Interesting to see Ed Oliver, wasn't it? Very much so. I mean, I don't know how... How well he's done in the. Uh, let's have a look. I really liked him as well. I yeah, would, he I did would have too. been a great pick for us. I liked Tremaine Edmonds last year, and you know he's he's sort of playing well. Tre'Davious White's a good player. You know they've got good players. You know I mean they're really, really solid team. Um, and in Buffalo, but we've done okay in Buffalo in the recent years. So, so, so your Paul Hirons has come in, right? Callahan's gone down sick. Yeah, yeah. You've come in. Yeah. First play. Yeah. We've got the ball. Yeah. We've said, right, you know, we've won the toss. And we've said, yeah. you know what? We're going in first. We've yeah. been put into bat first. Yeah, right. right. Yes. Kick the ball's kicked to us, goes yeah. out the back yeah. of the end zone. Darius Phillips. About Darius five Phillips just said, like, no, he's just said, like, I'm going to let this one go. Sales. Everyone's running out onto the pitch. Yeah. What are you calling on first and ten against the Well, Bears? I'm going to call in about six eligible blockers. So I'm not going to have any reward receivers or. Or actually quarterback. Uh, I'm just going... You have victory formation. <laughs> I'm going wildcat all game. <laughs> no quarterback, no receivers. I'm having everything on the offensive line. <laughs> Ian, you, me on there. Direct snap. Any massive bloke in the crowd that I can get my hands on, <laughs> I'm putting them on the offensive line. I'm basically playing 10 offensive linemen and a running back. Just going to run it down their throat. I'm just going to pound get. it. All right, cool. All game. And cool. uh, so we'll obviously lose that game sixty-eight nothing. I think <laughs> if, if I do that, but I don't know. I think it'd be. I think it will be a close one. 
I think Jay's point was quite interesting, the fact that, you know, sometimes, especially at the start of a season, uh, in the first couple of three games, teams who play well in week one tend not to play well in week two um, and then rebound back because they realise that, oh, we're 0-2. We need to win this or else yeah, we're yeah, kind yeah. of out of, you know, already we're going to struggle this season. So, yep. you know, the pressure is on. Is. And I think Paul Dana wrote a really good piece today about this is actually a fantastic test of Zach Taylor's metal. Yeah. Not yeah. not necessarily X's and O's, but motivational skills, you know, kind of kicking them up the backside, being a bit tough with them. And also, you know, and in terms of X's and O's, coming up with something to to try and get this team going again. Um, because if it does happen again, then I think it's going to be it's going to be a long season. I do. Can I leave you with a thought? Yes, you can. You can cut this out if you want. Okay, but I'm going to just say it. Go on. Has it ever occurred to you? Because I think Zach Taylor's a great guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah, no He's question. He's a great guy. He's clearly a very talented guy. Yes. Does it ever concern you that perhaps he would have just been a genius offensive coordinator? Because what is the experience on the defensive side of the ball? And I know it's too early to get into this, and I'm not saying for a second, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing on defence. But does it ever worry you with that? Because obviously, every, you know, these young coaches and the offensive minds, I mean, Taylor's done, you know, some great stuff in two weeks offensively. I mean, you can tell from the stats, you know, the proof's in the pudding. But does it ever worry you, you know, bringing in someone like Anarumu who wasn't his first choice coordinator, does it potentially worry you that his experience on that side of the ball might be slightly lapsed due to his age and experience? And who, Anarumu? No, uh, Taylor. Oh, yeah, of course. It was always going to be a risk. But, but obviously on the offensive side of the ball, you know, he he's innovative. He's got a great mind. He dials it all up. Every offensive player sat there saying he's a genius. Green's come out and said it all. Yeah, yeah, Does yeah. it worry you at all that he might not have it all nailed down? Because the one thing about Sean McVay, he had Wade Phillips as his defensive coordinator. Now, Wade Phillips has been an ex-head coach, very, very good defensive mind. And for McVeigh, he's got Goff and Gurley, and he can just put all this magic together, and you know, you've know, still got Wade Phillips coaching your defence. He could almost not get too involved in that. But Taylor's got Anaroma, and I'm not knocking Anaroma because you know he's had one good game, one bad. But obviously the difference between him and you know sort of a third-choice DC... You know, coming over from the Giants versus a Wade Phillips is quite a gap. So it does worry me a little bit. I've, you know, just thinking about it, I'm like, because Taylor, by all accounts, would be an absolute genius offensive coordinator. Yeah, and I think he's made he's made the jump from assistant to head coach by missing out. Yeah, on a play calling offensive coordinator. But you know, he he was offensive. Just a thought. Not yeah, yeah no, I don't no. want to be negative. I don't want to scaremonger or anything. He, he was a an offensive coordinator at University of Cincinnati, yeah. which didn't go great, but. Yeah. There were, I think they were extenuating circumstances. I would say that we've got Mark Duffner for that experience on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, the assistant, whatever his role is, he's yeah. kind of in the background there hoping, helping Anaruma out. So I wouldn't be too worried about, you know, the whole experience thing on the defence. The only thing that uh, Lou hasn't had is defensive play calling to, or too much, but he has been around the league a while. Yeah. So it is a bit of a promotion for him. But it's a new staff overall, isn't it? It's always going to take a while to Yeah, and you know what? I think I think it is more or less the same team as Marvin had, more or less. Yeah, yeah. So I think if this 
if this goes off a cliff this year, I think you're going to see this thing. Well, someone put a great not tweet blown out. blown up, but I think Taylor's going to put his foot down. I think someone put a great tweet out that I retweeted that said, you know, you had a defence last year that was historically bad and you've just returned the same players. Yeah, pretty almost much. Almost certain. I mean, almost, there's not one player really on that defence that's come in. No, no I mean, there, there isn't. Is that, Let me think. There is no rookie that's starting, so it is pretty much it's the same Kerry start. Wynn is really your only external addition, who's a bit of a rotation. <laughs> and BW. And your man BW. Yeah, yeah. So it's a probably pretty, like, And, of course, Pratt's being phased starters. in slowly. Yeah. So, you know, I, it is pretty much the same it's team. It's hard, really, because, like, again, this is, that goes back to what I was saying at the start of the podcast, is, you know, in our minds, this is a good defence. You know, there's good players on this defence. At the start of the season, our preview, we were quite very high on the defensive line. We were saying the secondary yeah, is pretty yeah, good yeah, unit. Yeah, yeah. We knew the linebackers were bad. And I think that is the worry, is that, you know... Why'd they not go and get someone at linebacker? Well, like, why? And I mean, after I, I Seattle, well, I thought they might have had a genius plan. Yeah, me too. But, but um, now, you know, in a week on when we've just been ran over by 49ers, the 49ers, you start to question that. The truck of Shanahan. <laughs> um, but, you know, those are the, those are the questions that I think we'll be asking a lot this season. Why didn't do, they do that yeah. when they had the chance? Um, but still, let's keep our heads up. Let's, you know, it's only two games in. Come on, the boys. Come on, the boys. It only remains for me to say, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.